Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. May it be a year of goodness and sweetness, health and happiness for us all. Every year at my family's Erev Rosh Hashanah dinner, we play a game. In advance of dinner, everyone writes down a few New Year's resolutions. Things like, this year I want to exercise more, or this year I want to do well in school, or this year I want to learn to play the guitar. Sometimes they get much more specific and creative. We write these resolutions down on little slips of paper, and we place them in a hat. When we sit down for dinner, we pass around the hat, taking turns reading a resolution aloud, and then we all guess who wrote it. We laugh when someone has put in the same resolution for the past 10 years, or when someone writes their resolution to sound like it came from someone else. Inevitably, my dad will put one in that says something like, this year I want to be more like my dad and try to convince people that my brother or I put it in the hat. (laughs) Tonight, when I put in, this year I hope to keep becoming part of the Park Avenue community, I don't think anyone will have trouble guessing who it came from either me or my husband, Ben, but I'll still look around the table dramatically, like anyone could have written it, coming up with reasons why it just must have been written by my cousin. We all have our games, our songs, our recipes, our traditions. They are all ways for us to connect with one another and with Jewish ritual. That is the sweetness of the holiday. Apples and honey, they aren't our only sweetness. They're just one part of the stickiness that keeps us together. This resolutions guessing game, our unique family tradition, adds joy, laughter, and special memories to our holiday celebration. We enjoy the sweetness of the honey and create our own sweetness too. There's no symbol more associated with Rosh Hashanah than honey. And it's a symbol that takes on special significance for me and Ben this year. There's a custom of putting honey on challah every Shabbat during the first year of marriage. Ben's and my marriage is very new. And each Shabbat, when we smile at each other with a mouth full of challah and honey, our joy and sweetness is renewed. Now, I'm not unaware that a year ago on Erev Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Cosgrove spoke about apples. But this evening, I'd like to focus on honey. We all know that we dip our apples and our round challah in honey in order to start the year off on a sweet note. That's what honey represents, sweetness and newness. But Rosh Hashanah isn't the only honey-worthy occasion for Jews. One of the most famous uses of honey in the Torah is the description of the land of Israel as Eretz Zavat Chalav Udvash, a land flowing with milk and honey. As the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years, 
growing weary and wondering if they would ever make it to the promised land, they could look ahead to sweetness, to honey in Israel. It was new to them as individuals and renewed to them as a people, knowing that their ancestors had been in Israel generations earlier. And so it is for us as well. Whether it's our first visit to Israel or our hundredth, we rejoice in the sweetness of the land flowing with milk and honey. Honey continued to be a significant symbol for Jews in post-biblical times. In 12th century Germany, Jews began to give children a taste of honey on their first day of Jewish study. Sometimes they would even lick honey off of the letters of the Aleph Bet. Why? So that the children would learn to associate Judaism and Jewish study with sweetness. That custom continues today in some communities. Who we are as Jews is tied into the sweetness of honey. These are all customs, dipping apples and challah in honey on Rosh Hashanah, children licking honey off the Aleph Bet on their first day of Jewish study, dipping challah in honey each Shabbat during the first year of marriage. They are ways that our people have found and created moments of sweetness in Jewish ritual. And it's not only children who can learn to associate Judaism with sweetness, but all of us. Whether it's literal honey or figurative honey, we create our sweet moments and adapt them. What are yours? What are the ways you infuse sweetness into your own personal Jewish practice? What are the ways you create special Jewish memories for your children, your grandchildren, to look forward to or to look back on joyfully. I want to share with you a little of how I got here. Not to Park Avenue, though I'm very happy to be here, not to New York, not even to becoming a rabbi, but how I became a person who loves Judaism. I was blessed. My parents infused Jewish rituals into our life at home. We lit Shabbat candles together and had Shabbat dinners and celebrated holidays, had conversations around the dinner table about Jewish values. We were part of a great synagogue where I felt connected to the community. My parents modeled involvement in the synagogue and other Jewish organizations so I could see how important it was to them. They made Jewish education a priority. I grew up going to Jewish summer camp where I was immersed in a fun Jewish environment and built community. And I went on Israel trips with my peers so I could see Judaism practiced in the Jewish state and bond with a community of Jewish friends. As I said, I was blessed. I was raised with so many components that all contributed significantly to the growth of my Jewish identity. But if I had to pick one place that most influenced who I am and how my Jewish identity formed, it was my home. Your home is where you can make the biggest impact in your children's Jewish lives, in your grandchildren's Jewish lives, and whether you have children or not, in your own Jewish life and spiritual connection. How did I become a person who loves Judaism? The answer is simple, honey. My parents created honey moments for me, moments of Jewish sweetness and joy. On Erev Rosh Hashanah with our resolutions guessing game, and at so many other moments, 
We had weekly Shabbat dinners as a family, including my grandparents, which to this day are some of my favorite childhood memories. Jewish holidays were always a big deal in my home, captained by my mom. For Sukkot, we would build a sukkah, make decorations for it, host friends and family for parties and dinners, and once even a popcorn tasting. For Hanukkah, we had an annual family latka factory where each person had their own job, from peeling to chopping to measuring to frying to DJing the Hanukkah playlist. For Purim, my brother and I, encouraged by our parents, would start brainstorming our coordinated costumes months in advance, always competitively eyeing the best pair costume at our award at our synagogue. And for Passover, our immediate family would come up with a game for the extended family to play at the Seder. Sometimes a trivia game with questions about the Passover story, and sometimes a more creative game, like the year we put Pharaoh on trial, complete with attorneys on both sides, several witnesses, a judge, and a jury. It wasn't only holidays that my parents made special and sweet for us. They took any opportunity they could get to create these honey moments based on our interests. Since I was into arts and crafts as a kid, my dad invented an art project for us, a 30-foot timeline of Jewish history. It started with Abraham and Sarah and continued to modern times, including my own family's history. And we'd include little illustrations and use different colored pencils to indicate different types of events. With any chance we had, we'd unroll our project and work on adding to it and perfecting it. I remember the exciting day when we added my birth date to the timeline, a way for me to literally view myself as part of the Jewish story. Though I was never given literal honey to lick off of the Aleph Bet, I was given so much metaphorical honey, so much sweetness, so much joy in my Jewish upbringing. And that joy was connected to real Jewish content. Yes, much of it came in the form of food and games. But those foods and games were always related to conversations about what it means to be Jewish in America, how our ancestors fought to keep our traditions alive, and how important it is to stand up for what we believe in. It was challah, substance, dipped in honey, sweetness. That's how my love of Judaism grew. I recognize that my experience isn't everybody's. My parents, even with their jobs and community involvement, put countless hours into meticulously building my and my brother's Jewish identities. Not just to do something Jewish, but to do something Jewish that was content-rich and sweet. I was truly blessed. But here's my question for you, whether you have children or grandchildren or not. Do you have those moments? Because perhaps, as you think about what resolution you would put in my family's hat of New Year's resolutions, perhaps one of your goals for the year is to find more joy, more sweetness, more honey in your Judaism. Or perhaps one of your goals is to inspire your children or grandchildren to love Judaism. I can think of no better goal. 
The key is not just finding special sweet moments, but creating them. Actively and purposefully creating special fun memories. Lots of families do that by taking vacations together, going to baseball games, going hiking, going to amusement parks. The trick is to do it Jewishly, to put honey on the olive bet, to dip our Jewish rituals in honey like we dip apples in honey, to add joy and sweetness and special newness to what it means to be Jewish, so that in your kids' minds and your grandkids' minds and in your own mind, Judaism is sweetness. My parents created these honey moments for me as a child. I didn't know that every Jewish family didn't have latke factories and put Pharaoh on trial and create personalized 30-foot timelines of Jewish history. I know now that they were honey, created by my parents with the goal of forming my Jewish identity in mind. Life without sweetness is bland, and Judaism without sweetness can be bland as well. If your experience of being Jewish is being made to do things that don't interest you, of course Judaism will feel like an obligation that doesn't interest you. But experiences in the home can be tailored to each member of your family and their interests so that Judaism is a joy. Judaism is fresh and new. Judaism is sweet. However, Moments of sweetness, moments of newness, aren't always simple. And in fact, neither is honey. 14th century Rabbi Yosef ben Moshe explains why we use bees' honey for Rosh Hashanah as opposed to other types of honey. He explains that we use bees' honey because bees sting, yet their product is sweet. Creating metaphorical honey moments can also carry a sting, the risk the not knowing, the knowledge that not every effort will be rewarded. There will be failed honey experiments. I'm not a parent, but I know that kids don't always like every experience a parent thinks they'll like. So trying out some honey moments means that inevitably, there will be some failed honey experiments. It's a risk, and that is the sting of the bee. But the hope is that the sweetness from our successful moments of honey overpower the risk of not knowing. As we look at the blank canvas of the year ahead, what are the honey moments that you can create for yourself, for your children, and for your grandchildren? Discuss it around your dinner table tonight. As you dip your apples and challah in honey, ask each other. What would add sweetness to Jewish rituals for you? What would add sweetness to Shabbat? What would add sweetness to Sukkot in just a few weeks? What would add sweetness to being Jewish? If you're looking for a place to start, Park Avenue will be embarking on a year-long project called Shabbat at Home to provide all kinds of ways for you to deepen your celebration of Shabbat in your own home. There will be challah baking lessons, a congregational school, Shabbat ritual lab, and even a community art project on setting the Shabbat table. Or if you're looking for other ideas, 
Come be with me. Nothing would make me happier than to have coffee with you and brainstorm together the honey moments you can create in your home for your children, for your grandchildren, and for yourself. If it were not for these moments of sweetness I mentioned this evening, and the many, many more that we would be here all night for me to tell you about, I'm not sure if I would feel as much love for being Jewish as I do. I've been given a great gift, the gift of honey moments. Now it's on me. Ben and I have been enjoying the ritual that's already created for us, dipping our challah in honey each Shabbat to bring sweetness to our first year of marriage. But that one ritual is an invitation for us as a new family to create our own honey moments together. Even rabbis and rabbis' spouses have to consciously think about the ways that we will add joy and sweetness to being Jewish in our home. For me personally, this is not just the beginning of a new year, but also the beginning of my time in this community. You have already given me so many honey moments, moments that have made this transition so sweet for me. And it's up to me to create even more sweet moments as we get to know each other better. The task of a rabbi is to bring people into Jewish life and Jewish living, a task that is done far more effectively with honey than with vinegar. In my time at Park Avenue, I want to challenge you and push you. But most of all, I want you to feel sweetness for Judaism. Not the exact same sweetness I did, but the sweetness that's unique for each of you. So to begin the year with sweetness, grab a jar of honey on your way out of the sanctuary. And whether you're here in person to take the jar, or if you're joining us by live stream, take home the message of the honey, the sweetness that enhances a Jewish home. Our traditional greeting and wish for each other this evening is, Shana tova umituka, may it be a good and sweet new year. Both words are critical, tova, good, and mituka, sweet. In order for our year to be tova, good on a large scale, it needs to be filled with sweetness. The little moments that make up our lives. The little moments that are actually the big moments. We pray that this year will be good and we empower ourselves to make this year sweet. To create moments of honey for the next generation so that we instill a love of Judaism in them and to create moments of honey for ourselves that bring joy and newness to our own spiritual lives. Shana tova umetuka. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.